Hi, I'm Julia. And I'm Sam. I'm a composer. And I'm an actor. And this is the 29-Hour Podcast. Julia and I both uh, spent a lot of time developing new uh, pieces of theater. We actually met um, developing one of Julia's musicals. And along the way, we've gotten to work with some incredibly talented, super smart artists. We always just want to pick their brains. So this podcast is our conversations with those people that we are excited to share with you. This week, we're talking to actor Allison Posner. Fifteen people came up to him, like over the mm. course of like dinner, and like you know, it's like that sort of thing That's that like, um, like I, I just wonder what that is even like. Yeah, you know what I mean? That doesn't happen when you're like, do, when you're like the twenty-nine hour reading king. Like <laughs> <me>. <laughs> it's just, it's so, that's just so interesting to me. Like, yeah, and like how gracious, and I, I feel yeah. like so. I mean, especially like in New York, I feel like people feel like people can come up to you more like I would always be too nervous to go up to people that I like admire in like a celebrity sort of way but that's like nice to hear that because you know you just never know yeah yeah do you think like does does he hate it like would the ideal state be that people don't go up to other people and be like I know you I wonder I mean I've I've never like asked him about that yeah but like it just I wonder and I I miss I bet it's like for different people Yeah. yeah Totally. I don't know. For me, like, I've never, I guess when I was little, I was sort of excited, or not little, but like, you know, younger, I was sort of excited by the idea of just like speaking to like someone who was really famous. But now I sort of feel like, why do I need to just speak to someone who's famous? You know what I mean? Like, like, it's just so I can say like, I said hello to Stevie Nicks, for example. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like if I was having like a working relationship with with yeah. a celebrity that yeah. would be very exciting to me but but for me like wait on a very smaller scale this happened to me uh-huh. where like a friend introduced me to a composer that I'm like a really big fan of mm-hmm. it just all happened to be at like the same performance of something or something and like I said hello and I came away and I was kind of like sad about it because uh-huh. like I've like quote unquote like met this person <laughs> I have met this person not quote unquote but like there there was no like um relationship established really mm-hmm. and like there was no like um familiar like there's like there's no reason why he would remember who I am so like that proximity felt felt more like um close but no cigar you it's know like what I mean oh, yeah. values yeah. yeah, it's like you would almost rather never have met the person and just have them be this idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, because like the thing I'm excited about now is like meeting and like working with my idols. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. As opposed to just sort of like meeting them and being excited that I met them. You know, like I don't, I don't, I personally right now like I'm not finding any value in that. Oh yeah. But but like so many people do, you know. Yeah. Like I would still be. I remember once I was on a subway and Mike Birbiglia was on it. Did you talk and to him? I didn't. I spent like the two stops that we overlapped trying to think of if I had something to say that uh-huh. I knew wouldn't be bad, and then he got off. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like you. It's like you like psych yourself up, yeah. basically. Yeah. I remember being like a kid and um, having like an autograph book that I carried with me uh-huh. like, when I went. Cause we, we lived in Florida and so we only came to New York like 
I didn't even get to New York till I was like 13 or 14, uh-huh. but I like had it with me to like stage door, you know, like that. So like I had like, I have this old autograph book like at my house of like, and that was sort of like a similar feel, but yeah. people don't do really, people yeah. do stage door and get their playbill signed, but it was like, I feel like that's like a, Autographs are not like a th- a thing huh, in a way that I true. feel like they yeah, used to be. Yeah, now it's like selfies the, or like yeah, selfies. Yeah. Because there was no internet, there was right. no cell phones, there was no. I don't know. I feel like that was like a. It was more of like a cachet to have someone's like yeah. autograph. Yeah, it's like someone's presence is more finite, and now it can be like dispersed. No, it's like so everywhere. Yeah, yeah, now you could right. like people could. There's there's probably someone's signature like on the internet and like what it looks like and <laughs> right, you can buy right. it on eBay. Or, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like there was like it's, for some reason it felt like more special yeah that is so interesting then, I never than it would now that before, that I don't know I mean are. maybe diff- maybe different because people still do stage dooring but like yeah if but, there's but like maybe a movie star I don't maybe know maybe the difference between then and now is that we got older you know what I mean like uh-huh. <laughs> that's true <laughs> I, I think, think that's what it is for me autographs I mean, I think there are definitely lots of kids at stage doors who are asking people to sign their programs. Okay. You know, I think probably there are more who would rather have a selfie. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of reminds me when I was little, I was I always used to be on the stage crew at shows at the Hangar Theater, which is where mm-hmm. we met later. Exactly. <laughs> and when I was like eleven or twelve, maybe eleven, I was on the stage crew for Angels in America, and I somehow got everyone in this cast who I was just obsessed with to like be pen pals with me and I would write them little like letters back and forth. That's so cool. And I worship them like Did you grow Uh up near there? I did. Is that why why you knew Hanger so? And you were there for costume design, weren't you? Sound design. Sound design. So it was, yeah, it was more in the wheelhouse because I wrote some music. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's how we met like Uh seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. Good old Hanger. Good old Hanger. Was that a good experience for you? I loved the Hanger. I I mean, think about who was there for Drama League. Rachel Chafkin, Lear DeBessonet, um, Steve Freed. Steve Freed. Um, there, when there was one more director. No, I don't. She's the one Shauna I never worked something? with. Yes. I don't know if I worked with Shauna. I didn't either. I was never on her like rotation. But like, I mean, Rachel now is like. Yeah. I know. The like, ma- and Lear. I mean, they're both yeah. like crazy big directors. Like, I know. I mean, this was 10, no, over 2004? Like 14 years ago? Wow. Oh my God, yeah. is that really that long? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, that's how long ago that was. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but they were both like such smart, like brilliant mm-hmm. artists then. Like, I, I did think that Equus was really fun. Yeah, that was really That was cool. one of Lear's. Lear directed oh, wow. us in Equus. I was, I was Jill in Equus. Oh, and that cool. was like one of the seminal that's like, such a cool role experiences. for you. Yeah, she was so good <laughs> at it. It was the naked role. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, but you know what though? Everyone was so like, you know, like when you're like in college and you're kids and like everyone is so like. Oh yeah. It was like a commune. It was like a yeah. commune. <laughs> like, but I will say it was the naked role in a space that was probably half the size of this room. It was very small. <laughs> very small yeah, It was I very small. I did that small. too. I did that oh, you too. Did that too? Yeah, my first show out of college. Was that close? No, it was hair. Oh, okay. Um, but in our production, I was the only person who got naked. Very nice. Um, okay. And it was about the size of this room. Yes. Yeah. The audience was, like, was like four great. feet in front of me when I did it. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So, yes. We um, both, we but both it also, hair also felt friends. like a commune. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like any of that kind of. And, like, yeah. So it's been really cool watching, like, a bunch of people still yeah. do stuff that we like from our group, I feel. Yeah. yeah, I'm just so like the directors for sure. Yeah, Mike Perlman. Mike, yep. Good what old Mikey. Do you know Mikey? 
Perlman. Mm-hmm. We went to we went to Brown together. Mm-hmm. Um, we were the same year, and he is also he's at the Guthrie now. He does like um, oh cool. Um, I guess he's technically like a producer now, but uh-huh. I feel like he will like be an artistic director someday. Uh-huh. He's like that kind yeah. of per- a great director. Cool. Yeah. It's so funny. That's another thing of getting older. I feel like if you'd asked me 10 years ago, like, who do you know that might be an artistic director? I'd be like, no one. Like, that's an yeah. entire like, <laughs> sect of people. Right, right. It's And then people. some people became writers. Like, some people, yeah. like, it's just interesting when there's like, like a small group of people and then you like, I can't believe it's been 14 years though. I was yeah. going to say 10. I was like, well, that can't be right. That's wow. Yeah. Can I ask? Because when you were talking about your autograph book Mm -hmm. growing up, like, like were there like specific people you were like really inspired by? Well, sort of. Okay, so here's here's kind of an interesting thing. So growing up in Florida, there was, um, and I think it still exists in a different name, but there was something called the Musical Theater Project of Tampa, and it was run by Anne Ranking. And she was like the, it was like a three week program and it was technically for like high school and early age college students. I was 12 (laughs) and thought, okay, I'm just going to go. And it was, um, long story short, they, they accepted me. I was far too young to do it. Like my parents, like I was living in like dorms in South Florida. I, my poor roommate was probably like 17 or 18 and I'm like a 12 year old. Um, (laughs) but it was like taking classes. It was like, you know, you took acting classes, you took voice lessons, you took dance classes, but, and this was 1996 or seven. I'm trying to think the year I was turning 13 and, um, she was about to go in for the the Chicago revival, uh-huh. that first thing. So she, so in rep class was teaching like all that jazz and um, hot honey rag and all that kind of stuff. But some of the guest artists, the thing, the thing that was so amazing was that they had these crazy guest artists. Vanessa Williams came, wow. and so I remember being really excited as like a twelve year old girl to get <laughs> Vanessa Williams's yeah. um, autograph. And Gregory Hines came, oh wow, and did a tap class. And so I have, I have his autograph. I was, and I mostly at that point knew him. I think from the Muppet movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Like, I mean, then of course. Yeah, like, knew his <laughs> insane amount of work, but like at twelve, um, who was you know again this is a very old memory, but was just like the most lovely person, um, and so good with all the students, and so there was you know just a bunch of you know professional people coming to Florida, which felt like kind of very far removed from the world of you know New York City, yeah. um, and I. Don't think I had ever even been to New York at this point. It uh-huh. was just sort of like, oh my god. Um, so it was an amazing experience. I remember collecting a lot of autographs. That's why I bought the book was for that <gasps> summer. Uh-huh. And so then on subsequent trips to New York, I would bring that that book. I love so it's that. somewhere in my parents' Aww. house, like in like a closet somewhere now. And your first autographs were like like the good kind because if they were teaching you, it's like they did know you. They knew like a little bit. Yeah, about. I mean, and it was like you know they were there for like a day. There were certain teachers that we had throughout mm-hmm. the whole the whole three weeks, and then they had these guest artists that were there for like I don't but like not twenty minutes, like a full afternoon. It was like yeah. a master class or you know, and then there was like a meet and greet. And I'm trying to think what was the. Um, did Vanessa Williams sing Colors of the Wind? Was that the Disney I song? I think she did she like did? the pop version. She did the yeah. pop version, right? So I think that had already come out because uh-huh. I think I was like, oh, she sang uh-huh. Colors of the Wind. <laughs> I think at that point that was like my touchstone for her Yeah. at, at that exact moment. Right. Yeah. 
because you know anything with those that Disney soundtrack was. Oh yeah, that, that oh, me those too. were my jams. Me too. It was like certain musicals and then the Disney soundtrack. Absolutely, me too. I didn't yeah. know the big Disney days. Oh, like if someone were gonna ask me like um, how I got into musicals, it would definitely be like the Disney movie musicals huh. like animated movie musicals like when i was little my parents didn't play us like my my parents weren't big like theater people we didn't have like cast albums they didn't really take us to shows but like i watched little mermaid i watched lion king i watched hercules pocahontas like mm-hmm. they were my like entryway into like what musicals are huh. yeah and i feel like they were real especially those early ones like yeah. little mermaid and beauty and the beast they have uh-huh. like the perfect structure of uh-huh. the musical mm-hmm. and they're also short enough that yeah. you can see like this is the beginning this is the i want song this is mm-hmm. you know it's like they like as a little kid you're trained and this is how a musical functions almost yeah like uh, yeah i can totally see that yeah i and did love little mermaid but i don't yeah. i didn't connect it at all with my interest in musical theater well, it was like, I didn't, I didn't, it was all, at that point, it was all I knew about music. Yeah. It was the only, they were the only musicals I knew, yeah. you know? And it was also exciting because my birthday's in mid-June and so they would always come out in mid-June. <gasps> oh, yes, that so was, was like yeah. I have July birthday, oh, so yeah, I was yeah. always like, that was what, if it was still playing, that's yeah. what we, we would go to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess what I'm curious about, about the, um, it's, li- it's less about the autograph book and more about like who ins- who inspired you or who like continues to inspire you. Because like when I think of you, like I think of someone very unique. Oh, thank so you. So I'm kind of curious like who you were slash are looking up to, you know? Oh, wow. I mean, it, you know, that's so interesting. I feel like over the years that has changed. Yeah, totally. Because now I'd say like as like, a mom and an artist, I look to um, parent artists, but especially mother artists who are really making it work mm-hmm. and who um, you know bring their kids to the theater, have visible parenting. That's mm-hmm. like a huge um, thing that I'm very passionate about now is is visible parenting within uh, the theater and, and music worlds and, and, and within any world, within any, I think, because th- there was just a really amazing article in The Atlantic about um, ending the plague of invisible parenting. And not that everybody has to be a parent. It's certainly not for everyone and should not be forced upon anybody who doesn't want it. But those <laughs> those of us who are parents, so much of us, I feel... Um, you're sort of, after the initial birth of the baby, you're supposed to sort of not talk about the child anymore and that to prove that you really still do care about, you know, whatever industry you're in. And so there was a really interesting article just being like, it's okay, you know, the culture eventually, and this was more about corporate culture as opposed to the arts, which I do feel is much more welcoming to to people Mm -hmm. with children. Um, But saying like, oh, you know, like an eight o'clock phone call is easier than a six o'clock because I'm probably putting my my baby to bed. Just like, just being able to to be aware of like how kids' schedules are so different. So, Side note, great article on the Atlantic. Um, but so now I feel um, there's so many women um, working on Broadway, whether it's on stage or off stage or directing or um, designing, who have these really great moments of, of visible parenting, like pumping in their dressing room mm-hmm. or having a, a child in the audience with, you know, at, like at the God mic, you know, like in the back. Like it's just those sort of things really speak to me. Um, so not even like any one person in general. There's so many like badass women artists right yeah. now working on Broadway. Um, 
and like shout out to all like Broadway baby mamas who've started this really amazing collective of women. Um, definitely, um, as a young person, I just revered anyone who was on the cast recordings. Mm-hmm. I would just find out who um, who sang this, and then could I try to sing like this person? <laughs> um, a lot of little girl trying to belt far <laughs> too high, or really being like, oh, can I do this like crazy soprano? Um, I remember being like a kid and finding the revival to She Loves Me and like becoming completely enamored with vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, like, around, like, high school, college, of course, like, so many people, like, Songs for a New World, discovering that mode of music mm-hmm. and falling mm-hmm. deeply, deeply in love with that cast album. And then, of course, you know, last five years and figuring out, oh, who is this Sherry Renee Scott? Like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with her. And, um, you know, just all those, you know, I definitely was one of those, like, drama nerds that, like, wanted to know the shows that nobody knew. Uh-huh. Um, like, if it was, like, a show everybody knew, well, I didn't like it, you know, just sort of, you know, like, that, you think you're you're so smart for Absolutely. yourself. Um, I was right there with which, you. Which means, like, nothing. Like, yeah. of course, I mean, it's just, you know, you're trying to define yourself yeah. about what you're not, you know, when you're, like, 17. <laughs> um, so, it, it definitely, hmm. Who inspired then? Definitely women on cast albums. And I didn't even know their names. And there was no there was no internet to even look them up sure. and what they did. Yeah. But it would be interesting to find other liner notes for other shows and find their names. And mm-hmm. say, oh, this person wasn't always the lead. This person was in the ensemble. That was like a really interesting moment, too. Mm. That huh. you didn't, the, someone wasn't like a star initially. Even if they seemed like a star initially, they didn't just like wake up a star. Right. Or to notice like the same names in ensemble. Like, wow, this person is like, I don't know who they are. They're not like a famous person. But look, they're on like these four albums. Like, isn't that amazing? Like, this is their this is their career. And isn't that amazing? Oh, my God. Like, hopefully I can (laughs) be like in like a proximal world someday. I love that. I never, because I had a million cast albums that I listened to all the time. And maybe it's because I was never thinking of myself as a performer, but I never did that research to like trace the people. Like now I want to go back and do it with like all my old CDs. I loved reading the notes yeah. and like reading the lyrics because, you know, because you could, I, I wanted to know the words. Like I always I loved to- the score, even though I'm not a writer. Like I would never call myself, I've like written some lyrics with Eli, but I'm not, I would never call myself a writer first. I, I love writers. I work, I love working with new writers. That's like, I think how I <laughs> love talking to you guys and working with you guys. But so that's why I've always been very um, interested in those like inner workings of the writers. I used to copy out the lyrics from the liner notes into notebook pages. <gasps> I forget to what end, but I would do it. Like a, like a journal? Like or a, like like the back of a notebook. Like okay. the back of my biology notebook would also have like the lyrics from falsettos. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is Julia's book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Huh. Did you guys feel, Did was there like a big... Um, was, was there, like, a big theater group, like, in your schools growing up? Was yes. that something that was, like, For me, it definitely exciting. was, yeah, like, a social group. And I thought they were, like, the coolest kids. And I, like, tried to, like, integrate with that group, mm-hmm. for sure. How oh, about you guys? Wow. Mine wasn't at school. I grew up in San Francisco, and there was this program through the Parks and Rec Department of the city called 
Young People's Teen Musical Theater Company. Mm-hmm. And it was like kids from all, all the different schools would come together. It was like an after school program, but it was, um, we would just like, we, we, did, um, we did four shows a year. So we would do one like in January and one in May and then two over the summer. And it would be like a book musical and a review at once. Um, And so that was where like the cool or not. I I don't know if we like considered ourselves cool, but like that's where like the the theater kids Mm -hmm. that I knew as like the group, the community that I belonged to was Mm -hmm. because my high school was really small. And um, the musical was the musical and the play were both like classes. You had to sign up for them as one of your like um, arts electives. Mm -hmm. So like one year, only seven people signed up for the musical. So we did a a seven person musical. Oh, my God. Um, I feel like you never get to do that in my high school. It's like, what can we do that'll like house these 40 people right. mm-hmm. and like this girl who's graduating? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mine was totally different. But so it wasn't so much like a didn't feel like a community at school. It was like but I had that outside of school. Mm-hmm. It was cool. How about with you? We it was interesting. So we had Florida State Thespians, which was really fun, like the competition. Our high school in particular was not super super involved some of the individual events they were but the high school itself like we did not have a theater we had a cafetorium which Mm. was the cafeteria Mm -hmm. with one step up that was rug and that was but we didn't even do shows until my junior and senior year because the students decided to direct one essentially with the um with the drama teacher tv production teacher like sort of signing off um so it wasn't a super big priority of our high school. It was much more of a sports um, mm-hmm. situation. But the, the, those of us that were very excited about theater definitely felt a good community at these like district um, festivals. And then the state in Tampa was like a huge. And then you got to see all of this, all the performing arts high schools that really did have a program yeah. and be like, wow, we <laughs> wish we had that. You know? <laughs> but you got to see such amazing like student productions. Um, our town had a had a community theater, and then that was the Ocala Civic Theater, which still exists. Shout out to Ocala Civic Theater. And then there was the Gainesville Community Playhouse, which also still exists, which was about 45 minutes away. And I did a, I did a lot of um, – my poor parents trusted me to drive. I mean, I got my driver's license, like, on my 16th birthday oh. so that I could drive myself to Gainesville to do rehearsal for community theater up uh-huh. there. Because that was – it sort of, like, was a – they did um, – at the time, to me, more exciting shows because it was a college town, and mm. so they got they had different talent, and they had it seemed like a like a bigger community mm. to draw from. Yeah. Um, what so shows yeah. did you do there? Which shows? Um, a little night music, which was <gasps> really that was like really cool. That was during again. Oh my poor parents! When I'm a parent, <laughs> I'm going to be totally on the other end of this. Um, <sighs> I was graduating high school. And I was actually the valedictorian of my high school. And I was, so I was getting ready to, to speak. And I was, a, like, literally, we were opening a little night music at the community theater, like, the day before. And so it was just, oh. like, a crazy. But you know what? When you're 17, you can get no <laughs> sleep and yeah. do yeah. a show and graduate. And yeah. and this is kind of a, my nerdy theater fact. My I did speak, but my part of my performance was I saying I'm not afraid of anything. (laughs) (laughs) As my my speech, but see, people were like, "Who's David?" You know, like that didn't make (laughs) people who didn't understand what that was. But like, I felt the sentiment was supposed to be like, uh, "We're going off into the future, and (laughs) don't be afraid of the future." And you know, it made sense at 17. It makes less sense now. (laughs) 
bothered by it. <laughs> Yeah, the emotional through line. It was, we graduated in like this huge, like it was a public high school, but they used this big Baptist church because that's what the big, um, that's like most people use use in North Florida is is churches. So we we used like a big (laughs) church. It reminds me, Gordon and I once got an email from a middle school music teacher wondering if for middle school graduation they could sing from Pregnancy Pact the song Nobody Knows. Oh my god. Only they wanted a small change to the bridge so that what nobody knows I have inside of me is not a baby but confidence. That did you say yes? Yeah. That's amazing. That's cool. (laughs) It's a great song. Yeah and other than the like the equivalent of like who's David? I feel like yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Did they send you any sort of like video of the kids? No. That would be amazing to hear kids sing it. That's so cool. Can so, I ask you? Yeah. So you're talking about doing these shows in Florida, and mm-hmm. then you're also saying, like, now you're, like, mostly interested in, like, new work. Yes. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a question, but, like, how did that, like, did that feel like a transition? Or, like, how did that sort of, like, happen? Oh, you know how what did I mean? new work happen? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's really cool. I've actually been thinking about this. Um so in college, there was one student-written musical a year at Brown called Brown Brokers. Mm. and Brown Brokers? Brown Brokers was the name of the, like, umbrella. Of okay. That, of, I don't know. I, it had been set up, I guess, for, you know, a long time. But that was what it was called. Um, and they got to use the main stage theater. And so that was really cool. And I remember being a freshman and seeing the Brown Burger show. And I was like, oh my God, like this never existed before. This is so cool. Like students are getting to like originate roles. And that was like, oh my God. You know, that was always like the dream is to do something to be for that the girl first the time. Recording. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Um, so that was so interesting. So then um, I was very lucky sophomore and I did definitely did the did the Brown Burger show my sophomore year, and that was a really cool experience. And then later on, I was on like the board. The student boards at Brown were like a big thing. I don't even know if they still are, but it was cool to get to like be the group of students that picked what was going in the season or what was that was like a like a a, a big deal sort of thing that everyone really enjoyed and um, worked really hard at it. Also, people really did take a lot of care with that. Um, so that was very interesting to get to read so many different scripts that yeah. students were writing and hear demos that and students were recording. And were there a were lot? Recording. Was there a lot of like new Yeah, some up? years there'd be like four or five different shows oh. that students were writing. Wow. Um, it, was, it was kind of a, it was just a really interesting thing that they were doing and it still exists today. And some students that wrote Brown Brokers, I've heard, went on to graduate musical theater writing at NYU oh, even. Oh, like Andy Hertz or something Yeah, like Andy Hertz and, um, and Ella Rose Cherry oh. and um, John Russ and um, I'm trying to think, I'm sort of like out of the loop a little bit, especially with like the newer classes, but um, you know, um, they do go, you know, a lot of those writers are still writing and that was sort of sometimes their first experience. Um, so that, because of that and meeting writers at in college who then went on to uh, graduate musical theater at NYU, when I moved to New York right after graduating, that's how I found my way into mm. into um, Second Avenue. I mean, we're now <laughs> R.I.P. Second Avenue mm-hmm. studio. But, and um, now R.I.P. Moishas even. I know, R.I.P. Moishas. That is, I mean the saddest um but that was sort of 
I, I remember that being like such, um, I mean, still, I, I look back on those like first days, like learning people's yeah. um, songs for class presentations or their, you know, their one acts or at the end of the year. I mean, that still like is my favorite stuff. And like so much that has gone on to so many different things. Like I've met so many amazing writers. Um, I I'm trying to think of what the actual the question was. The shift to writing a new work. It I think, sounds like it was pretty seamless. I think it was that. Yeah. I think it was learning that you could start something yourself. Yeah. How do you do that? Oh well, you can make friends with writers. Yeah. Um, that was, and I love I love working with writers and getting changes on the fly. And um, I I I like when writers are also nice. You'd be like, oh, like, do you have an idea? Or oh, I like you did something different. Like, can we, let's try that. Um, but yeah, definitely working with the graduate students at NYU. Um, that that was such a huge moment for me to learn that like you could be working with like people with like boots on the ground essentially of like creating new work yeah and um that's been my favorite thing ever since those days yeah yeah i love that me too yeah (laughs) so does that i know that like as you alluded to earlier like you and eli collaborate on a bunch of stuff has that always sort of been like part of the fabric of you guys's relationship um i think so we when we met, we had never, I, I didn't, let me think, I'm trying to think of the timeline of this. When we met, all I knew at the time was that he was a musical director for Story Pirates. And because we met through um, someone through Story Pirates, I, I had gone to college with his sister. And so we met through that. He actually wrote me on Friendster. This is how we initially started communicating. With BT dubs, I like Friendster. Friendster was like a totally decent platform. Yeah. Um, I Facebook like was wasn't for everybody on, like, then. Affirmation. Yes, exactly. Um, you're, you have your I mouth hardly agape. remember. I was mm-hmm. on Friendster, but I hardly remember it. I to this day can like quote you testimonials that people I know in oh, college wrote about other people I know oh in college. Oh my god, I forgot about oh the Friendster. Yeah, I definitely was not in college when I was on Friendster. It was a high school <laughs> thing for me. Oh, yes, because we're a little older than yeah. you. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Eli's a little older than me, so he didn't have Facebook yet. But mm. I had Facebook because of, um, like, the early Ivy adoption. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Now I'm, now I'm back on the timeline. Okay, <laughs> so then I found out, I was like, oh, this guy, he told, I mean, he told me he was a writer, that he was a composer. And then I said, oh, he actually, there's a, an album of, of his, he had a show called I Sing at the York, um, I think I might have been still in high school. I'm not sure. So I went to Borders and all the things that are closed (laughs) and I bought the album at Borders so that I could listen to it um, before we we met. Um, So that that was really kind of like a funny thing. I love Um, that you did the research. I did. I wanted to to know what he wrote. (laughs) Um, And so then, you know, then it was just like regular stuff. But then we, we didn't actually work together until a couple a couple of years later, I was doing, I think I was doing a cabaret, and we were looking for newer songs. I was like, oh, can I do? Let me let me do one of your songs. And I remember being like really nervous about it because I hadn't we hadn't worked together yet. Uh-huh. Um, and like he knew that I was that I was a singer, and he and I knew that he was a writer, but we hadn't actually like done that yet. So that was yeah. like that was like a fun first step. 
It's like, oh, now we're re- now we're really dating because yeah. now, now we're working together. It is <laughs> yeah, like a weird dependence. Like my my husband now is not like professionally in the theater or music world, but in grad school for like the two years of grad school and the two years after, I was dating another composer, mm-hmm. and I remember never like almost never in a relationship have I felt more vulnerable than when I asked him to orchestrate some of my songs. Oh, sure. It was this weird like doubling down on dependence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess once you do it for a while, you get over that. Now, now it's like there's like, you know, like a shorthand. Yeah. Yeah. But but at first I imagine like it's sort of like, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I get I, I'm, my boyfriend. Well, my boyfriend does creative things. And like it is a thing where you like you want to think that your partner is like good at what they do, mm-hmm. you know? And you also want your partner to think you're good at what you do. Oh, totally. So like, I imagine it was that thing of like, do you think it's okay for me to sing one of your songs? Oh yeah, you know I was I mean? very nervous. Yeah. When you haven't established that fully yet, that mm-hmm. you're like, we trust each other that much in this creative capacity. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I remember being very nervous. And then once we got over that initial thing, then I was like, oh, this is fine. And then through, you know, just through fate, like I would work on like, you know, a reading that he was doing or then we worked on like nymph stuff. And then now we do concerts. And, you know, now it's like it's like a uh, we try we enjoy working together. So we try to work together when we can, like yeah. if there if there's a fit, sometimes yeah. there isn't. And that's fine, too. Um, but so now we can try to, you know. Be, be together in that capacity when we can, and then if we can't, then we cheer each other on in our own capacities. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> do you think about it all? I guess your kids are, like, they're very young, but do you have any hopes that, like, they would be in the arts or, like... Well, I mean, I Aren't think... Aren't they sort of already? I think with <laughs> yeah. Walter, we, he already is. So, um, he... <laughs> so, Walter's already performed at 54 Below three times. Uh-huh. With oh, those man. with those Mother's Day concerts, um, and like in the UK, right? and right. and in the UK, he um, has no fear of the stage. And you know, I, I'm gonna. It's is it next week when we when I do the the prospect uh, performance, we're gonna bring him to the the matinee. Some of the stuff, you know, will be a little inappropriate, but he's a theater kid, he's fine. Um, but he will be like, so am I, I'm gonna be on stage with you, right? And I'm like, no, actually, this one, you, are, you and daddy are just in the audience for this one. He's like, but are there other kids on the stage? I said, no, no, there's no no kids, it's just grownups. And that's like mm. acceptable to him. I think if there were a, a young oh person and he would be a little jealous. But he, yeah, he loves performing. Um, he loves, he's, he takes a musical theater dance class right now. He's his first dance recital in oh a couple weeks. He, you know, loves working a crowd. So he definitely, um, I think, will be wanting to, you know, he's, he's seen one Broadway show. He's seen Frozen because that's his favorite right now. Um, but he definitely is like, I want to practice and practice so that I, that I can be in Frozen on Broadway. Or any other shows, you know, he, he definitely... Um, he just feels very comfortable, and he love he loves music. He loves theater. He loves you know he loves storytelling. So I think he definitely um, you know he's got the bug. I think so be- cool. I think a part of it is you know the nature. He just is born with that yeah. temperament. Some kids are not, mm-hmm. and then we also have the nurture where he's been exposed to yeah. performance. He sees you guys loving it and doing it. Yeah, and he likes to write. He'll sit at the piano and compose a song. 
um, he'll say, Daddy, I'm writing a song just like you. Um, <laughs> and then Harry is very little. Harry's only 18 months old, but also is very comfortable in, you know, theater spaces, is surrounded by instruments, um, you know, loves also to, like, you know, pluck at a guitar string. Or we think Harry's instrument might be piano because he is a little more into the piano, whereas Walter's been into other instruments but we'll see we always joke about the family band so uh-huh. mm-hmm. we'll have to see how it all pans out oh, an actual family band i remember when eric and Lori, shortly after they got married they had the day family band but it was just the two of them uh-huh but now they, yeah, now they can start out now they can have yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. we don't know what sebastian's gonna play yet but it'll be good i know so like everyone guesses like everyone's instrument yeah yeah i mean I, when i think back when you talk about the uk so when Walter had that viral video about his naming the Beatles songs, um, so we were invited to go to International Beatles Week, and when they found they wanted to invite him as like a guest, and then they found out that we were also um, musicians and performers. So said, "Oh, you can have some sets." We were like, "Great." Um, when I think on it now, it seems like a crazy fever dream. I was like 28 <laughs> weeks pregnant. We were exhausted. The ho- the housing was very generous, but it was like above a bar and it was like there was like no laundry and there was no tub. And so just, you know, just like the, the realities of like how do you bathe like a like a three year old without mm. a tub, that sort of thing. Um, and God bless Walter. He gave it his all he was so tired he you know he was skipping his naps he was like on stage doing these like five sets and um you know it was we have video and pictures but like if we didn't have that i would say that i dreamed it like i can't i can't believe it it happened honestly this Um, is something that like i think about with going back to like the visible parenting thing a lot like about theater and having a family is the travel aspect Oh, yeah. And, like, how... The travel and the works. housing is, like, such a thing that, you know, like, as like when you're on your own, you're like, oh, I can take a train, I can take a bus, mm-hmm. like, my, you know, my bed's fine, like, the bathroom is fine. And it's, like, all these, like, extra things that you just, yeah. when you when you throw in a small child, then you're yeah. like, oh, like, will that work? Yeah, I never would have even thought about, like, not having a bathtub, you know? You, oh, yeah. And, like, it's not, you know, and you make it work. You, sit, you just, Right, of course. It's just, like, when you have, like, a three-year-old who's used to, like, sitting in a tub. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, honey, you're going you're gonna to stand or we're going to spray you. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then, then it becomes, like, a fun a fun extra thing, like, on the trip. But it's, you know, it is, like, that extra, like, curveball. Um, yeah. But, you know, we made it work. And yeah. it was it was really fun to, like, look back and say, like, wow, we, we played the Cavern Club with a small child in tow. <laughs> Maybe we'll be back there. Maybe not. It's fine either way. It's so cool. Can yeah. I? Can we go back to because you met, you brought up that you're working on this thing with Prospect right now. Yes. And Eli is writing one of the pieces, right? He is. Yes. Okay. He and Mike Petrie right have a piece together. So can I ask you? Because like obviously the two of you collaborate, but like in this scenario, there's a director in the yes. middle, right? Yes. So like, does I, I'm just curious, like if that like affects the dynamic or like? Oh well, it's. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I have a very, I'm in three of the, I think there are eight pieces in total, mm-hmm. and I am in three of them, and so one of my three is, is Eli and Mike's. So I have, um like, a, sort of a smaller supporting role in Eli and Mike's. It's it's a very funny piece, and um, it's, you know, having, having our director, Dev, who's so great, um, she is able to sort of seamlessly work with all of the writing teams and the actors and there's like you know a company I think there's don't quote me on this but I think there might be like nine or ten actors and then people are people tend to be in like three or four and so Mm -hmm. it's a very quick process we only have about I don't know 
it's two weeks total, I think, from like start to finish. That is quick. Um, it's very much. quick. And you know, and the pieces are short. They're roughly like 10 or 11 minutes long. Um, but and then then they'll be presented. Will be at um, stands and books with some someography and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's great. I mean, un- unfortunately, just due to different scheduling, you know, sometimes the writers in the room, sometimes Eli and oh, Mike okay. have been there. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's it's just the actors and Dev. Um, so it you know it's been a little bit of a different process, mm-hmm. um, just because I think it's so fast. Sure. Okay. Um, okay. My other question about this thing is like just because it's what you're working on right now Mm -hmm. like I'm always sort of curious and we still haven't really figured out exactly how to ask this question (laughs) but like I'm just sort of curious like what are you thinking about right now you know what I mean like is there anything like when you're in the rehearsal room that you're like trying to bear in mind or like paying attention to or like trying to work on or you know what I mean like oh with this process yeah or or just in general oh yeah well I mean I guess with with this process because it's so fast I'm First and foremost, I'm trying to make sure I know my music because um, the it's so great. I this is what this is what I love. I love that there's there's three completely different pieces. Mm-hmm. The scores are so completely different, and like I love each of them so much, and it's it's just so great. Um, some of the music is very difficult, so I'm trying to make sure first that I know my stuff then i'm trying to be comfortable with the script some some of the pieces i have more of book than i do in others and um and to everyone's credit i feel like everyone is really diving in just so passionately and head first to create these as much as we can these fully realized short pieces in this short amount of time so i feel like and the way the process you have like you know 90 minutes for this one piece and then you immediately switch to the other piece for the next chunk of time uh-huh. so rehearsal. um for rehearsal uh-huh. yes so it almost feels like you're just getting to this like amazing place and then it's like all right we're gonna take a break and then we're moving on to the next one <laughs> we're so it's start from scratch we're gonna start there. from yeah. scratch with the next one and then we are you know we're building and building yeah. um so it'll be fun to get to really um over the next few days before we get into the space getting to like put those those building blocks together yeah Cool. So I'm, I'm mostly thinking about like, oh my god, am I singing the right thing? Right. Oh my god, am I am I on the right page? But I'm getting to that place where I'm feeling more yeah. comfortable. And I think I think every it's starting to like coalesce in that way. But everyone is so amazing. So everyone is Sweet. just like so like excited and working so hard. And it's already like we, we you know a lot of people where everyone's meeting for the first time. We're just meeting the writers, and it's it's been really really wonderful. It's really nice to have the whole room mm-hmm. like be on board and not have that one like yeah. sour apple who's like oh no there's the no mood. there's no sour apples yeah. and I think that's like such a testament to to Prospect Theater Company mm-hmm. especially like they just are so amazing and welcoming and they just got together a really great group of people. Yeah. To, to do this, yeah. That is, I feel like, yeah, part of the alchemy of it is, like, putting together those rooms where everyone is on the same page. I feel like it's only within the last some number of years that I realized that, like, that element is really important. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you have, I feel like when everyone approaches it from the same, like, energy, then you can just, because the, the restraints are so much that, like, oh, there's time and there's space yeah. and there's, so when everyone is already, like there to give it like you can just do so much more with what you have yeah yeah so something i wanted to ask you about because it's something we've talked about on this like podcast as something that we find especially hard that you seem to be naturally good at is it's a weird little thing they're like emails being like hey like just saying hi 
I'm out here. I exist. Oh, man. We always talk about how, like, it's so hard for us and, like, we know we should do it and we're, I think, not satisfied with our ability to do it. And you do it so <laughs> organically and so warmly. And that's, I always love when I get that's, them. That's, well, thank you because I always feel very um, nervous and self-conscious and, like, I'm probably annoying the person that I'm writing. So um, not true. <laughs> because... You know, and I took a very, very conscious step back after having my kids and um, because I I wanted to. And but now I'm at a place where like, oh, they're getting a little bit older. Like I really miss um, certain aspects of performing and of and of my career. And I'm sort of figuring out on the fly how how I do that, um, how we do that as a family. And. Because I took a step back and I wasn't like I wasn't out in like auditioning a lot or I wasn't, you know, going to as many concerts and, and things like that. I am trying to seek out friendly, um, you know, associates that um, I truly did enjoy like working with in our time together and hope hoping that that a they remember me if it's <laughs> been too long, because in some cases it's been a couple of years um, and that they looked fondly on our time together <laughs> the way that I did. Um, yeah, because, or I'll see th- I'll see someone doing something, or I'll, I'll have seen their concert, I'll have seen something they posted, and I'll say, oh my God, like, that was amazing. Like, I want to work with that person. Like, that's so cool. Even if, like, I'll cold call, like, cold call email mm. or, like, Facebook message someone, um, just be like, oh my God, like, I saw your presentation at such and such. Like, if you ever need someone to like read or sing like I will do that like I you know I will totally be that person and send that message um and sometimes people write back like oh thank you like I you know that's like it's just good sometimes people just like to hear that someone is listening um and it it may lead to us possibly working together in some capacity or not and that's fine but I always feel like I'd rather put it out there than keep it to myself even if it doesn't go anywhere um I'd rather be the an earnest person, um, known for their their sincerity and earnestness, than <laughs> than someone like what is she thinking? Like I've always been someone with like my heart on my mm. sleeve, um, for better or for worse. <laughs> so I guess you know I would continue doing that. Um, I love that categorization so much that reaching out in that way is an act of earnestness and heart on sleeveness. Yeah, you know, genuinely and not an like, act I would of love like to, yeah. desperation or like horrible ambition. Right, which is I yeah. think how we fear yeah. it's going to be when we don't yeah. do it, but is the opposite. Like I feel like the way you describe it explains why yours work so well and are so good. Oh, th- <laughs> thanks. I mean, I hope it doesn't. Re- it doesn't like whiff of desperation. I, I'm <laughs> no. sure it doesn't. Um, that's just I, as Julia said. That's just my own personal fear. Oh yeah. I mean, sometimes I, sometimes I'll be like, I'll second guess, like, oh, is this this person doesn't know me? Are they going to think that I'm just like crazy? <laughs> um, you know, which I guess it is a possibility. Yeah. But then I like, well, the worst case scenario, they think I'm crazy. Like, it's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah. You know that sort of thing. Or maybe they'll. They'll meet me in another capacity someday, or they'll see me in something else. And be like, oh, I got that weird message from her. Oh, I guess she's not crazy. She's just <laughs> like a fan or something. Um, so that's that's my hope that in other capacities, people will, if they if they think that it's strange, that it'll become less strange over time. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's, it's so hard to 
to make connections with people sometimes yeah. for whatever reason it is. So, you know, I'm always a big fan of like the the, re- the person-to-person contact and try to make it as um, like as short a distance as possible between yeah. two people um, instead of waiting for something to happen or um, just leaving it up to chance. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Me too. I, I'm going to listen to this episode back many <laughs> times and try to like fully internalize everything you just said. Oh, great. I'm, <laughs> I hope it's helpful for all the listeners out there. Um, any, like, is there anything else like you've been thinking about lately? You know what I mean? Like, um, that's, a, that's a big one. <laughs> I know. Maybe we should start asking people to like, Maybe we should Maybe warn we should people we're going to ask that question. Or we should force ourselves to do it. Sam, what are you thinking about lately? Oh, well, this week I've been thinking about that song I was writing. Yeah. Um, I forget if we were recording when we were talking about that. Yeah, tell us more about you your song. About oh, God. Well, <laughs> this is interesting because like, on this podcast, I've, I feel like I've said many times that like I don't see myself in any creative capacity other than as an actor. <laughs> and yet here I am and I like wrote this song this week. Um, you contain multitudes. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, that's what's been on my brain. Just um, To pimp you into saying what you were saying before that I thought was interesting. <laughs> this idea of like when things come naturally versus when it feels like Oh, strenuous. right. So like, I guess, yeah. Because like, I think I've talked about this too on the podcast of like, there have been times when I, because they always tell actors, you know, like, make your own work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my um, uh, in my career, I've, like, latched on to that idea a few times and tried to do that and tried to make my own work. But I don't really feel like I necessarily have the tools um, to, like, like, you know, write something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like I usually like when I when I try to sit down and like come up with something to write, I just like end up like ramming my head against the wall. But like in this case with this song, it just sort of like naturally flowed out of me. So like um, on the day that we're recording this, um, the day before yesterday on the, <laughs> on the day that we're recording this, yesterday was the 10 year anniversary of me moving to New York City. So I'm just spending the week like reflecting on um what I thought my career was going to look like when I first moved here, what it looks like now, how that sort of happened, how how there's such a wide disparity between those two things, you know, um, and how I'm like completely satisfied with where it is now or maybe not completely, but like very satisfied with where it is now. Um, and I was just sort of like ruminating on that and this like song like flowed out of me. Um, and I was, ne- I never felt like I was like banging my head up against a wall. So maybe, and like, that's the, th- that's the thing that I always like notice about writers is that it feels like there's something, it always feels like there's something they're trying to say. And like, when I've been like, quote unquote, like making my own work, it's never been because I had something to say. It's been because like, I wanted a platform to perform. You know what I mean? Huh. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would argue the idea that it has to be something, having something to say, I find terrifying and I never think I have anything to say. But the idea of it being sort of like generative and interpretive, you know, like, well, there's a problem with this thing. What's the best like way I can package it and put it out? 
Mm. Is like how I like to think about it. Like I never feel like I have a song within me and I just need to like express it. Well, that's cu- that's, that's interesting to me that's because so crazy to me. Do you I, do you think of yourself as a generative or an interpretive artist? I mean, I do. Like I admit that, like yes, it is generative because we're creating work. But I do think I'd be totally lost if I wasn't interpreting a lyric. Right, because the way you and Gordon work is he always does lyric first, right? Right. right. So in that sense, you are sort of interpreting. Yeah. 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 I get to be sort of in the middle. <laughs> Um, I can see how that would be like feeling like in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. But then other times you're composing just music for other projects. True. Without lyrics. But even then, like, that's why I love like sound design. Like, you know, you still have like the world of the play and like the story that's like heavily influencing and, you know, like conversations with directors, like going back to like the lab company. Like Mm -hmm. I remember like talking to Lear or talking to Rachel, like they would have such strong ideas. So you have a lot to Mm. go on. Mm -hmm. The one or two times I sit down to like write like a set of semen variations or, you know, just like a thing in a void, I find it a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think for, for me, I 100% agree with you. And for me, I think the only reason this week I found writing this song um, less hard was because I did have that idea, that, um, that thing I was like trying to get at, you know? Yeah. Yeah in a in a generative way i'm curious going back to your thing about like what i thought my career would be like and (laughs) what it is like allison do you have this as well of like you came to new york city with like a specific plan oh i mean i think everyone comes to new york city (laughs) thinking they'll be very successful very quickly um Mm -hmm. and (laughs) that you know isn't necessarily the case for for most i'm sure it, it happens to to a lucky few um i Definitely feel that my my dreams have ebbed and flowed and changed and what what they look like over the course of my let's see I've been in New York now you've been here 10 years Mm -hmm. and I think I've been here like 14 years what year is it 2019 2019. almost almost 14 years like 13 and a half I guess Um, and I'm so happy with so much of what's happened I've been super frustrated with a lot of stuff that has happened Um, and then now I am just happy to be still doing it, I think. Um, of course, you know, like a bigger contract, you know, a bigger paycheck, all those things, you know, feel good to have um, at times. But um, it definitely, you know, any given day, I can be like, oh, this is what I'm reaching for. and Or, or a different day, like, oh, I don't actually think I want that. I want this other thing yeah. because I, I want to have you know, this other, other thing uh, with my kids or, you know, so it just, it just really, it just really depends. Um, I still haven't gotten that, you know, original cast album recording yet. Mm -hmm. So hopefully someday. I feel like Um, that is definitely in your future. Hopefully someday. Um, But no, I'm, I've, you know, still, still a lot to reach for, but also pretty happy with how things have gone overall. Yeah. Can we, uh, because you were saying you like consciously took a step back Yes. As the kids were being born. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, n- n- now how much does that factor into, like, your goals for your career? It factors in a lot for for me. And, again, this is just speaking for myself because there is no wrong way to answer this. Um, I... When I when I am gone for several nights in a row, like if I'm doing like a 29 hour or I'm, if I'm auditioning a lot or, or whatever, um, it is hard on me also because I'm still nursing Harry. Mm. Um, 
to be gone as much as it would take to do like a full eight show a week schedule. So I think as they get older, I would be more comfortable with with a longer process and a longer contract. So for me now, my ideal scenarios are these shorter um, situations where it's like two weeks and you're out or it's yeah. like a week of this and you're out or it's like it's a concert presentation and you're out. Um because then I still get to flex all those muscles. I get to be in a rehearsal room with amazing people and, and get to do the things that I love to do. But then I'm also present um, for what I would like to be present for at home. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, especially um, as, as, as they both get older, as I um, stop breastfeeding, that will open up time and, and resources, you know, for other things. But that is like something that still has to be sort of like, you know, for, for, you know, for any woman like that, you have to be like, it has to be like a little more calculated. Um, but I would love to show them someday, you know, like a full, you know, a full blown schedule, like a full, like a full contract, you know, to show them that this is what I, this is what I love to do. This is what I'm happy doing. And, you know, to get to share that with them would be a really exciting thing for me. Um, So, you know, hopefully someday that will be a possibility. I'm, I'm really excited that we're going to bring Walter to the presentation next week. Um, And, you know, just Speaking to the the Mother's Day concert that just happened about two weeks ago, um, so Walter and I sang a duet, but then I also sang this song, Always More, that Eli and I wrote together. He wrote the music, I wrote the words. Um, It was about three years ago, because Walter was almost two, and now Harry is 18 months, so he's approaching that time frame. And during sound check, having Harry... Um, Scott Coulter, who cultivates this uh, and hosts the concert, um, was holding Harry like right up at the at the stage while, and I was like basically like almost losing, um, trying to get through the song. Watching him, he had never, I think, had never seen um, like me on stage, and I, I don't know how much he gets because he's so little. But for me, it was a it was a very emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Walter's just in the back in the booth, you know, he's been to 54 (laughs) below a bunch, like at rehearsals for things. Um, and he's like, sounds good, mommy. You know, like he's just like, you know, he's like, oh, it's old hat for him um, at four and a half. But it was, it was a really special thing. And so I, you know, I'd be lying if I say that I don't consider them like extremely when I'm considering anything. Um, and someday I hope to, um, have you know a little more freedom to to put myself out there for other sorts of other sorts of roles um and i i think that i will and and i look forward to those days um but right now this sort of um this sort of situation is is working well yeah Yeah. i think one thing i one difference between me when i first moved to new york and me now is that i've also sort of had to like i think when i first moved to the city it was sort of like i want to be doing um theater and I don't want anything to um, get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of like theater is one um, aspect of my life and I have other aspects of my life and they're all sort of, ha- they all sort of have to be in balance with each other, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's less like, uh, and obviously you're not, <laughs> there, there's no interpretation of what you just said where you're like, my kids are keeping me from doing what I want to do. Cause like oh, being no, with your right. kids is also what you want to do. Oh right? yeah. But what I'm saying is like, 
um, I think I would have thought like anything that was um, going to keep me from from doing a job would like when I first moved would be a thing that I was like, I don't want that. Like I'm that's not worth it to me. And now it's sort of like, oh, it is worth it to me. Oh, I was right there with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I turned down so many other like you know, what I considered frivolous at the time so that I could take more work. Like, mm-hmm. you just, this is what I mean. Like, as we as we grow up and things change, like, things things can change and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and, like, I feel like I always thought, like, oh, I'm just going to do theater and uh, musicals and, and, um, and you know, and, and because of the kids, I feel like I've, been exposed to so many other things like I've I've been doing a bunch over the last like five years I've found my way into voiceover and doing Mm -hmm. like that kind of world which I never thought that I would be involved in and that was a little more friendly to pregnancy and early childhood because you were by yourself it didn't matter you weren't didn't have to be camera ready you know you could have a a baby bump so (laughs) different so you know you find other avenues that were sort of um the tendrils of what you study and what you like to do and what you hopefully think you're good at can sort of all come together in in different ways too, which is also kind of fun and exciting. Yeah. 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 That's all, Rob.